0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to run through our winners and losers of the weekend. As Bryce Young plays hero for the Tide, Mark Stoops is the big man on campus at Kentucky. Tennessee gets a big road win. Arkansas's run game is unstoppable. But what the heck happened to Florida, at Texas A&M, at South Carolina, and Missouri? We'll discuss. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with our promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. If you haven't done so yet, Go to our YouTube page, search Locked on SEC. It takes two seconds. Hit subscribe, and uh, make sure you're there subscribing. You're getting all of our updated videos and content and uh, good stuff coming in the next couple weeks, so make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Let's jump into it. Let's get to our winners of the weekend. Winner. And now, your winners of the weekend. Real winners win. And we start with Bryce Young. Look, understanding it wasn't pretty, and they had some issues throughout this one, but when Alabama needed him most, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, made the plays when his team needed him late in a hostile environment in Austin, Texas, where it was hot as can be, it was loud as can be, and Bryce Young helped to set up the game-winning field goal and beat the Texas Longhorns 20-19. Yet had two fourth-quarter plays by Bryce Young once again, Carried uh top-ranked Alabama to a victory. Young's clutch play down the stretch brought Alabama back from a sloppy day where they struggled with penalties and drop passes. And I think even one stretch, they had like six straight punts. After the game, Nick Saban said, when his best was needed, he was really good. And that's what we needed. Bryce Young spoiling what could have been a program-defining win for Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. But Bryce goes 27 of 39, passing for 213 yards with a scrambling touchdown throw to Jameer Gibbs. That gave Alabama the lead, but no play bigger than that 20-yard run on the final Alabama drive. By the way, shout out to Nick Saban, who had won his first 25 games against former assistants before they became head coaches and then losing the last two to Jimbo Fisher and Kirby Smart last year. He's now back in the win column there as he beats Steve Sarkeesian, his former assistant. Uh, another note on this game, Bama linebacker Will Anderson said after the game That's the, that the Tex, Texas atmosphere was the loudest and craziest he has ever experienced in his college career. So just an interesting note there. The other big winner of the weekend, how about Mark Stoops over at Kentucky? He is now the winningest coach in the history of... Of Kentucky football, the so Wildcats defeated the Florida Gators 26 to 16 in the swamp. Stoops now has the most wins as a head coach in program history. He was he tied Bear Bryant last week, and they went over Miami of Ohio, and now he is atop the leaderboard with 61 wins. Stoops said afterwards, "Just fortunate. A lot of great players and coaches have been through here to be able to persevere through these uh, through this difficult conference. I have nothing but respect and admiration in his 10-year." tenure at Kentucky. Stoops is an impressive 61-53 and 53 overall, and his defense got it done on Saturday night. Suffocating pressure at times, forcing Anthony Richardson into bad decisions all night. Two very costly interceptions. One of them returned for a touchdown. One of those SEC East rivalries that has been largely dominated by the Gators. In fact, it's one that Florida had won 31 times in a row. That got snapped a couple years ago. And now for the first time since 1977, Kentucky has won back-to-back games against the Gators and winners of three of the last five. You cannot deny what Mark Stoops has done to turn Kentucky into a much better program in his tenure there. Also, shout-out to the return of uh, Jordan Wright to that defense who was an impact player for them in this one at Kentucky football. Last five years versus Florida, 3-2. and The previous 31 years, they were 0-31. Will Levis, by the way, becomes the third Kentucky quarterback in school history to defeat Florida in consecutive seasons. Uh, so really impressive stuff there. And uh, congrats to the Kentucky Wildcats. Moving on up in the rankings. We'll get to more on that a little bit later. Another winner of the weekend. Look, we could show love to Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker, but I'm going to give it to the Tennessee defense. Josh Heupel said after the game a year ago, we wouldn't have been able to win a game where we fumbled twice and block, allowed a block punt all in the second half on the road against a power 5 uh, team like Pitt. But the Vols, they allowed a game-tying touchdown pass from Pitt backup quarterback Nick Patty with 2:23 to go, but they regrouped with Hendon Hooker connecting with Cedric Tillman on their first possession of overtime and the Vols defense, that's when they stepped up. They have been relentless. Over the final three plus quarters, following a slow start, they used a third down sack and the one uh, last of a seemingly unending streak of quarterback pressures to force the pit quarterback to throw incomplete on a fourth down to end the game. Second, third, and fourth quarter—that's as good as the performance as I've been around a long time. Josh Heupel said of his defense, he said they put a lot. Uh, They got put in a lot of bad positions. I thought the overall effort from them was special. The defense needed to be on a night like this where the offense was kind of up and down. But, uh, man, shout out to the Tennessee defense. I did not think we were going to be saying that after any game this year. But they helped get the win, and Tennessee gets a monster road win over Pitt to add to their resume. Shout out to the Vols. Over at Arkansas, I'm calling the Arkansas run game a winner. They got their season started off right last week with a home win over a top 25 team in Cincinnati. And this past weekend, a dominating 44-30 home win over South Carolina to open up SEC play to improve to 2-0 on the season. And while K.J. Jefferson was really good passing, he was 18 for 21 for 162 yards, it was the Arkansas ground game that dominated. Rocket Sanders, 24 carries, 156 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. KJ also had 67 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. A.J. Green had 43 rush yards and a score. As a team, the Razorbacks ran for 295 yards on the ground, and South Carolina just said no answer for them. Sanders, by the way, currently leads the SEC in rushing yards at 273 total. Arkansas ranks first in the SEC in rushing yards per game at 259, ahead of Ole Miss, who's averaging 248 a game on the ground. So shout out to the Arkansas run game. Who can slow them down? Another winner of the weekend, Will Rogers and Mississippi State. Will Rogers, ho-hum, just threw for 313 yards and four touchdowns, two to Austin Williams and Caleb Ducking, and Mississippi State beat Arizona Saturday night, late night, West Coast, 39-17. It was this weird game for the Bulldogs, who kept looking like they were going to pull away, and then you know they would turn the ball over, receiver would drop a ball or whatever, but Will Rogers, he went 39 for 49 passing, completing 15 passes in a row at one point in the second half. And Mississippi State finished with 426 total yards, including over 100 yards rushing on the ground. Uh, The Bulldogs are a pretty good team when they're not giving the ball to the other team. Mike Leach and his air raid offense rolling in his third year in Starkville. And Will Rogers just looks more and more comfortable as each week goes by. Through two weeks. Will Rogers leads the SEC in passing yards, 763 passing yards combined. That's ahead of Stetson Bennett and Spencer Rattler. And up next, State will travel to face LSU next Saturday, where they're a slight road favorite to start the week. few more winners of the weekend. I'm going to give one to uh, Quinchon Judkins, the uh, running back at Ole Miss who some believed would be the third-string running back for them this season. He had a fantastic game against Central Arkansas. He now finds himself through two weeks as Ole Miss' leading rusher and ranked in the top five in the SEC in total rushing yards. Ten carries this week for 104 rushing yards. He's just as good as of an option along with his counterparts, Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley. Ole Miss gets a tougher test this week, heading to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech on the road. By the way, Luke Altmaier looked pretty good at quarterback before leaving with an injury. Jackson Dart... He looked better this week, too, coming in behind Luke. My guess is they'll continue to play both guys for the time being, though some believe they may just roll with Dart moving forward. After the game, Lane Kiffin said, yeah, it wasn't something where medically we pulled Luke, but he was hurt. I asked him. I was going to put him back in there in the second half, and he just said uh, he would go, but he said he knew he wasn't 100%, so we kept him out. So. Quarterback spot at Ole Miss, we'll continue to keep an eye on. Uh, another winner of the weekend, Georgia's defense, just a week after holding Oregon, only three points of offense this week. The Bulldogs shut out Samford 33 to nothing. This team has actually given up fewer points through two weeks of the season than last season's defense did. Granted, this schedule is going to get a lot tougher, but you can't start much more dominant than this Kirby smart defense has so far this year. A road trip to South Carolina is up next. And our last winner of the weekend, I'm giving it to LSU. They beat up on Crosstown foe Southern, 65-17. to But the Tigers set a school record for points in a quarter, scoring 37 first quarter points in this one. Brian Kelly picks up his first win as new head coach at LSU, and they kind of got that bad taste out of their mouths from the loss to Florida State a week prior. Jaden Daniels, 10 for 11 passing, 137 yards of three touchdowns, also added a rushing touchdown. And the Tigers finally got Kayshaun Boutte going. More involved in this offense, he had a 41-yard run and five catches for 42 yards receiving. So there you go. That is, those are our winners of the week of Week Two in the SEC. When we return, we're going to touch on our not so much. Winners of the weekend. Who disappointed? Who depressed us in week two? We had plenty of blame to go around the SEC. We'll get to that in just a second. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. First, we want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. It is underdog fantasy and their pick 'em game for college football. Just look for your favorite SEC player stats. Pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or lower than that number in this week's games. And you can win up to twenty times your money in a single night. Underdog Fantasy keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players for your pick'em slip. Get all your picks right, and you'll take home cold hard cash. It's simple to get started. You just head to underdogfantasy.com or download their app. Sign up with our promo code Locked On, and Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to hundred bucks. So you deposit hundred bucks, you get a hundred bucks free. That's as simple as it is. That's underdog fantasy. Make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's going to get you in and get you taken care of, and that promo code LOCKEDON will get you that up to $100 uh, bonus on your first deposit. Get in on the college football pick action today. Get the underdog fantasy app right now. Continue on here, locked on SEC, and we got to jump right back into it. We did our winners of week two, who uh, impressed us. Now we get to who depressed us in week two, and there was a lot of blame to go around from guys who uh, lowered our expectations for them after week one into week two. We'll start with Anthony Richardson over at Florida. After all the good things we raved about Richardson a week ago, many of those good things came crashing back down to earth this week against a feisty Kentucky defense. Richardson, 14 for 35, passing for 143 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, including a pick six. He had a QBR rating of 3.8. He also got stifled in the run game had just six carries for four yards. Remember a week ago how he dominated in the run game in the win over Utah? It was the guy who was superhuman in week one, looking very much human in week two, Anthony Richardson did. And look, there's still plenty of time for him to improve and for his play to get better and for Florida to get back into the SEC East race. They will play a home game this week against South Florida before that monster road trip on September 24th where they go to Knoxville to face Tennessee. But Anthony Richardson, man, got to bounce back from this one. Speaking of... Needing to bounce back. How about Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies? What in the world was that, Aggies, for a team that was preseason top 10 that had the number one overall recruiting class? They were sleepwalking through this one against a hungry Appalachian State team losing 17-14. to We talked last week about Haynes King not looking super impressive in week one against Sam Houston. Well, he was even more subpar this week going just 13-for-20 passing for 97 yards, no touchdowns. He had eight carries for 23 yards. Uh, Devonta A-Chain, 10 carries for 66 yards. Did have a 95-yard kick return for a touchdown that you thought would maybe jumpstart things. But where is the Jimbo Fisher offense? Where's the power run game? Where's the play action to get the tight ends involved? Get Anaya Smith the ball. And that much-improved defensive front, they had just one sack in the game against App State who kept them off kilter. The Mountaineers had 22 first downs to AM's 9 and App State was nine for 20 on third downs, going three for five on fourth downs. The Mountaineers left it all out on the field, man. The Aggies lost an inexcusable one for a team that is supposed to be a top-ten team, and as a result, it cost them college game day. College game day said they were going to College Station this week for the number th- the, the matchup with number 13 Miami coming to town. No more. That's not happening. Game day is now going to Boone, North Carolina, where they're going to cover App State and Troy. Primarily because they beat you in this one. There is going to be a lot of soul-searching in College Station this week. And perhaps the most puzzling loss of the Jimbo Fisher era in Aggieland. And maybe not just soul-searching in the uh, coaching staff or in the locker room, but how about... In the uh, upper offices, as Barrett Salih tweeted out, Kevin Sumlin's first 50 games at Texas A&M, he had a record of 36-14. Jimbo Fisher's first 50 games at A&M, he is 35-15. and 15. One less win, one more loss than Kevin Sumlin had at this point in his A&M career. Unacceptable for what they're paying Jimbo Fisher. They've got to do better than that. Jimbo has got to get this team turned around. He's got the talent to do it. But they got to figure out, is Haynes King going to be the guy quarterback? Can he be the playmaker they need? Because as you know, you got to have a playmaker if you're going to win games in this conference. Some other depressed of this week. I'm going with the South Carolina run defense. I mentioned it earlier, but Arkansas ran the ball all over South Carolina, and this came a week after Georgia State rushed for 200 yards on the Gamecocks. If South Carolina wants to compete in the SEC East this year, they have got to shore up that defensive front and try to slow down some of these running attacks around the league. On top of that, the Gamecocks rank near the bottom of the SEC in sacks. They have only one interception on the year. I mean, really, as a whole, this defense has got to improve dramatically. The offense was slow to get going. Spencer Rattler and company did turn things around in the second half, but the defense got to do better than what they've been doing through the first two weeks. Another one I'm putting in the depressed category. This is a little nitpicky, but I'm putting Alabama's defense. Now, look, if you're outside of Tuscaloosa, you may be saying, What's there to complain about? I mean, Alabama's defense is fine. But for Alabama fans, the diehard ones, you know this defense was expected to be one of the most dominating bunches in a while. They knocked Quinn Ewers out of the game this week against Texas. I, when that happened, I think a lot of us expected, Alabama's oh, defense just going to pin their ears back, get after the backup quarterback Hudson Card. But Steve Sarkeesian did a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Texas combined the throw for almost 300 yards through the air. Xavier Worthy had almost 100 yards receiving. Bama did get three sacks in this one, one from Jalen Moody, one from Kool-Aid McKinstry, and then one finally from Will Anderson, who had his first sack of the year. He now has just one sack through two games. Uh, he has he was drawing a lot of double teams, I noticed, in this one. Texas would keep the running back in to, to get him, and then they would pull a guard or tackle over to uh, Chip uh, Will Anderson as well. So he's drawing a lot of attention. And, again, I'm not saying Alabama's defense has played poorly. They just were not as maybe suffocating this week in Austin as we expected. Keep in mind, they were 20-point favorites and won by a point. But I'd expect the Bama defense is going to be much more punishing and menacing in the coming weeks. Another team that depressed this week, Vanderbilt. Vandy's got a defense problem, man. The fun story of 2-0 Vandy turned into a nightmare this week because they were crushed by Wake Forest 45 to 25 the Vandy defense saw Sam Hartman return as the starting quarterback for Wake as he was 18 for 27 300 yards and four passing touchdowns they did have two sacks on the day but all the goodwill from the first two weeks went out the window in this one as Vandy falls to two and one now it's important for coach Clark Lee to get his guys up and ready for a tough road game this week at northern Illinois before they get a road trip to Tuscaloosa a week later don't Don't start having all the losses pile up here, Clark. But Vandy, I loved you for the first two weeks. I did not love you in week uh, week two. Well, week three for them, week two for everybody else. Another deep press of the week, the Missouri offense. We knew this was going to be a tough road trip up to Manhattan, Kansas, to take on Kansas State, but I did not expect Mizzou's offense to struggle as poorly as they did. Newly crowned starting quarterback Brady Cook. Was just 15 for 27 for only 128 passing yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Dynamic freshman Luther Burden, he was non-existent in this one. He had a carry for six yards and a catch for three yards, so that was it. And Mizzou total just 222 total yards of offense. They were five for 16 on third downs. They had four turnovers as they fell to Kansas State, 40 to 12. Eli Drinkwitz and his crew. They are now 1-2 as they come home to face Abilene Christian before they go on a road trip to Auburn in two weeks. And our last deep press of the week, I'm going with Auburn's offense. Yes, they beat San Jose State 24-16. And yes, Auburn is 2-0. But are any Auburn fans excited about what they've seen out of Eric offense after week two? TJ Finley, a bit of a mixed bag in this one, had another interception. Seemed to kind of settle down, went 13 for 20 for 167 yards. The Robbie Ashford wrinkle, so many were excited about him a week ago. He left something to be desired this week. He was one for three passing for one yard and an interception, and he had uh, 61 yards rushing. Tank Bigsby was held to just 51 yards rushing. Javarius Johnson was your leading receiver with only 41 yards. I want to be positive about Auburn's chances this week with number 22 Penn State coming to town. Jordan Harris is going to be rocking, but man, if they don't clean up some of this sloppiness, it could be a very ugly, ugly game. And there you have it. That is our uh, latest on uh, who depressed this week. Coming up next, we are going to hit on the uh, latest AP poll rankings and tell you where all the SEC teams come in. Thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you guys, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to help find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs. You can reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over eight hundred to ten million people. Add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can help you find the right people to hire. They got simple tools like screening questions, make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with the right skills that you want. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly forty million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedincom slash college. That's LinkedIn.com. Slash Locked On College post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. Continue on here, at Locked On SEC, and we got more. We got to jump into as the AP Top twenty five came out, and look, we knew there was going to be a lot of falling for some SEC teams, rising for some teams. As we know, we could go Alabama entered as the number 1 team they ne- or they needed a last minute drive by Bryce Young to beat Texas. So let's jump into it. We got a new number 1 team in the AP poll this week and that is the Georgia Bulldogs. Now look, Georgia playing Sanford this week. Do they benefit of you played Sanford? You had a whole home game, meanwhile Alabama had to go to a hostile Darrell K Royal Stadium. Yes. Look, it was kind of flipped in week one. Georgia had to go play a very tough Oregon team in the Georgia Dome while Alabama sat at home and played Utah State. So not here to weigh the resumes or whatever, but Georgia, through two weeks, they look like the best team in the country. They shut out Sanford 33 to nothing, and up next they're heading to South Carolina. But Georgia, the number one team into the season. They have not been challenged yet. Stetson Bennett has been able to go sit on the bench by the second half, and the defense has yet to allow a touchdown to this point. There's no holes in this Georgia team. And, again, they will face their first road test going to South Carolina this coming weekend. Alabama, they slid from number one down to number two. They will play uh, Louisiana Monroe coming up next. But the O-line struggled against Texas. Uh, They didn't look – you know, all the question marks we had about the offensive line for Alabama coming into the season, I thought they actually looked pretty strong at times. In blocking some of those, or picking up some of those blitzes that Texas was sending and trying to wreak havoc. But uh, wide receiver, still looking for the big playmaker. Jermaine Burton, Trashawn Holden, Colby Prentice, still haven't really seen uh, Tyler Harrell, who's been dealing with an injury. But you lose Jameson Williams, you lose John Mechie. Who's going to be that guy to step up? We have not seen that yet for Alabama. But they move just one spot from number one down to number two. How about a big riser here? How about the Kentucky Wildcats jumping into the top ten? They come in at number nine in the AP poll rankings off their ten-point win at Florida. Wildcats will come home this week to play FCS Youngstown State. Very meaningful game for Mark Stoops. That's where he grew up in uh, Ohio and his family and all that. But uh, they get to maybe get themselves right. The offensive line did play so much better down the stretch of the game uh, this past week at Florida all the question marks of what how they played in that first uh, half against Miami, Ohio, we saw it again uh, struggling to protect Will Levis early in this one against Florida, but they played much better down the stretch, and maybe this is their turning point for the Kentucky offensive line, and this is what we'll see from them the rest of the year, but congrats to Kentucky coming in at number 9. Coming in at number 10, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Again, dominating win over South Carolina. They're up from number 16, Arkansas moves up to number 10. So, congrats to Sam Pittman and his crew. Been a rock-solid start for them so far. Uh, up from number 24 to number 15, the Tennessee Volunteers. They are now a top-15 team in the after their overtime w- road win at Pittsburgh. Up next for them is going to be Akron on Saturday night. But they found a way to escape, found a way to get that win. And uh, in two weeks, the Vols will face what will be one of their biggest games of the year as Florida – Comes to Neyland Stadium, so use this one as a dress rehearsal to get ready for that one. Coach Josh Heupel became the first Tennessee coach in the AP poll era to record at least one road win against a nationally ranked team in each of his first two seasons with the program. That's from Chris Lowe. Florida Gators they drop from number twelve down to number eighteen with their loss to Kentucky. So uh not too too far. Some people thought maybe Florida you know take them even further down, but they dropped to eighteen. Ole Miss. They move up a couple spots from number 22 to number 20 with their 59-3 win over Central Arkansas. Still got to figure out the quarterback thing moving forward, but Ole Miss overall has gotten the job done. And Texas A&M, how about a fall from grace? You were the number six team in the country a week ago. They dropped to number 24 after their 17-14 loss to Appalachian State, so... Man, Jimbo Fisher, I, I think a lot of people are going to start turning on him very soon if he does not write the ship there in College Station. But this a miami matchup, it went from being a marquee matchup a couple weeks ago to now. You're looking at it saying, Aggies better win this one. Jimbo loses this one. Man, the, we're hitting the panic button very quickly uh, out there in College Station. But again, a lot of talent on that roster. Anybody can turn it around. Jimbo can got a lot of years of coaching experience. And uh, we'll see if the Aggies can turn the ship this week against Miami Hurricanes. That's going to do it for me, Chris Gordy, in this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for listening and subscribing and making us your first listen every day. Now you can go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. Locked on Auburn, Locked on Razorbacks, Locked on uh, Bulldogs. Whoever your favorite SEC team is, odds are we got you covered there. And uh, go check out those podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. I'm Chris Gordy. Again, thank you guys for listening to us. Check us out on YouTube for the uh, video version of this show. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow So get you ready for SEC Week 3 of college football.